Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Calvary Live. (laughs) Excuse me, this afternoon, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Nothing in preparation for the show waiting for it to start, nothing, no problems, no nothing. As soon as the show starts, I got this thing in my throat. I mean, we pray about these things, and it just happens. But here we are. We get to be together on the show, open to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit, grateful uh, for His grace, grateful for His love, and we want you on the air uh, the way to do that is to dial the number 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And of course, there is a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. And that is how you connect with us. I do see people tune in all over the place, around the country. Um, want to welcome you want to welcome you if you're listening on the Radio by Grace Network. You're listening to this live. Also up and down here in Colorado, what we call the Front Range. You're listening to this live on the Grace FM Radio Network, which network sounds like a uh, a great, like a big thing. Uh, but it's two, for us, it's two stations. And with two stations, we can cover 80%, 80% of the population of Colorado and a lot of animals and farmland and open space, uh, but we can do it in two stations, five stations in with Hope FM's network, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, one station with Truth FM, although I know he has more on the way. Higher Rock Radio is one station in Meridian, Idaho, uh, the Boise area, and Living Water Radio is one station in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, so give us a call. I see all the lines are wide open. And let me open, I need to open up my call screen uh, and make sure that I have everything there to see what the call screen is and also to look at my text messages. Remember, when you text us, uh, it is not a phone number to leave a message. So don't leave a message. Don't expect it to be answered. Uh, It is not. uh, It is just for texting only, just for texting only only, and uh, we're taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. My name is Ed Taylor. I have the privilege of pastoring the church here in Aurora, Colorado. It's Calvary Chapel, Calvary Church is what our official name is, Calvary Church here in Colorado. And 
we are um, grateful. We are grateful to be used to the Lord in these last days and just knowing that uh, the Lord is doing a great work um, faithfully in your life and in mine. We're studying on we're studying on Wednesday nights verse by verse we have an expository Bible teaching ministry here. We're studying the book of Genesis and we're looking at the life of Joseph and looking at what the providence and the sovereignty of God in his life. And at every turn in his life, you just, we read it, we read through the text so quickly, forgetting sometimes how it's experienced in real time and things just change on a dime, man. They change so quickly. And he's waiting, 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 think, you know, he's completely forgotten. And then a dream, uh, an unusual dream gets the attention of Pharaoh, that gets the attention of jo- Joseph in prison, uh, where he's remembered at just the right time. And God has a word for you today that things can change quickly. Even though you've been waiting for a long time, things can change quickly. God will, it will feel quick when it happens. It'll happen instantly. And that's what we pray for, right? That's hope. Hope that things will change. Well, I see the lines are full, so let's go right to the phone lines. We're going to start here in Colorado. Tony's in Longmont. Welcome to the program. How are you, Pastor Ed? Great, Tony. How are you? uh, Good, thank you. Good, thank you very much. Um, Kind of a follow-up to your comment yesterday about having returned from New Jersey to uh, officiate your friend's wedding uh, over there. Uh, Yes. Got to, got to thinking about several occasions where I have been invited to weddings of family members uh, and friends, most of them um, in their 30s, uh, young people in their 30s. Uh, those officiating in each one of these um, weddings, uh, Pastor Ed, were, were ordained through the Universal, I think it's Universal Life Church. Okay. And as a Christian, as an old guy, and as a, you know, uh, cradle Christian, um, I I find that initially found it disturbing and, and actually demeaning. Um, it just threw me for a loop when I found out that you could just go online and pay 29 bucks and fill out a form, and you are an ordained minister. It just cheapens the whole thing to me. And I wanted your comment about that. Am I, am I not looking at something that I should be looking at here? I believe there's a couple different angles that you can take, and the first angle is the one that you have, and I agree with it. I agree that the that website, which is purely a money-making venture for the man that does it, they just interviewed him. I don't know what I was watching, but I saw an interview with him, and that is the sole purpose is to enable people to officiate services, and it doesn't matter where their background is, what their theology is, or anything uh, and it is a cheapening and a demeaning of that specific role that, and here's another angle, uh, that marriage is a worship service. It's not a ceremony that's legal as much as there are some legal ramifications. Marriage is a worship service uh, joining two, uh, a man and a woman together, two, two, two together in one. Uh, and because it's a worship service, it is to be 
overseen or officiated by a representative of God. Um, now, I don't believe that you you need to be an ordained pastor to officiate uh, a wedding. I just like I don't believe you need to be an ordained pastor to baptize. Um, I I do believe that a man or a woman uh, that desires to, a man and a woman, I should say, that desires to get married. The, I do think there's an ideal. Uh, I do do think there's an ideal pathway uh, that would involve a pastor, um, but I don't believe it's necessary in the sense that, um, you know, if the believer is there and it's a family member and they love the Lord, um, then they should be able to officiate. Um, But the best way is to have a pastor involved that has done premarital, um, that is standing there in a place of spiritual authority in their lives. Um, But I agree with you, it is demeaning. um, But when it comes to marriage, you know, the ordination process, unfortunately, is kind of a man-made construct in the sense of paperwork. And some states, like I was going to New Jersey, as I had shared, and I needed to find out if I, if what they required, because sometimes some states require you to pay a fee and do something. And New Jersey, like Colorado, didn't require anything. And in Colorado, by the way, uh, there is no necessity for anyone to officiate a wedding which is also a, a very demeaning uh, statement toward uh, what we might call traditional marriage. On top of all the other things, you know, the um, um, gay marriage, and, and I, I hesitate to even use that phrase because it, it doesn't constitute marriage, uh, but that's the phrase, or the transgenderism entering in, all of that demeaning what God created. God said marriage is honorable. He defined it. He created it. He defined it. He sustained it. Uh, and I actually say that. And when I was at the wedding here in New Jersey, um, it's part of my message that I talk about God creating marriage. I talk about God bringing one man and one woman together and God's ideal. And um, so, yes, I would agree uh, that fake ordination yeah. is very demeaning. Then, uh, as I was uh, writing my question down, I don't happened to open my Bible to Romans 14, and it says uh, here, uh, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. So that calmed me down a little bit. (laughs) That's a good word. Uh, I I believe that we live in a world, even with believers, uh, you and me, that none of us live up to the ideal. None of us do. Uh, I think we tend to think we do. But what we're really trying to describe is a level of maturity in our lives that we're progressing toward the Lord, and we're making progress, and we're not perfect, like Paul said. I haven't, I haven't yet attained or apprehended, but I press on. Um, but when we come to comparing ourselves with one another, you know, first of all, the Bible says that's foolish. We we shouldn't be doing that. And extending grace to others, the fact that they're getting married. I got, we got married, uh, Marie and I. 34 years ago as unbelievers, and we hired somebody. Uh, the venue hired a pastor we didn't even know. Uh, <coughs> and uh, we don't even know who they are or don't have any way to get a hold of them. Uh, but I can say that very definitively, we went into this, even as unbelievers, seriously considering marriage, understanding what we were doing. Uh, and we, uh, even though we didn't have any worship relationship with God, uh, we certainly did get married in the eyes of God. I look at it. Uh, unbelievers or not, at that time, 34 years ago, you were still 
on the path that God led you to where he led you and look and look to what he's done for you, Pastor. Unbelievable. So, thank, yeah, Unbelievable. Thank you so much for All right, your brother. input and your insight. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, my producer went to the website to let me know that on that website, I will not tell you what it is, you can get an ordained minister license. You can go to the minister store and you can get a doctor of divinity degree for nineteen ninety nine. Save all your thousands of dollars of going to seminary. And there's even one that's you can get a Jedi Knight certificate at that same website, which just tells you what kind of nonsense it is, uh, unfortunately. All right, staying in Colorado, Rosa, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Rosa. Hi, Pastor. Um, I have a question for you, and I wanted to just see what your outlook is on this. Okay. If you were, um, if you were born again at one time and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then later in your life you um, rejected that faith, and went into, as they are now, going into Orthodox faith. First, you know, um, uh, um, I forget what they call it, Messianic Jews, and then went into Orthodox faith. And you end up passing away, and there's no mention of Jesus, you know, um, you know, when they're officiating it and, you know, of how he was our Savior and he died for us or anything like that. What is your outlook on what happened with them when they pass and and they're you know in that you know I I you know to, to me what I see what I've seen is it's the rejection of the salvation in the cross and um, and so and and so then they uh, they pass in in that without that so what is your what is your thoughts on that. Well, certainly the way that you describe that situation, the person that you're describing rejected Jesus Christ. And if they died in that position, in that place, then they're going to spend eternity, God's going to give them their desires of their heart and they're going to spend eternity apart from Jesus. They didn't believe him and now they're not going to be believe for saving faith after death. Um, the debate that you touch on briefly with, with in relation to, well, they were born again and then they reject Christ later. There are two views of that. One view is, is that they were real believers and they lost their salvation and, and went through orthodoxy rejecting Jesus. Or the other view is the fact that they walked away later in life or walked in that direction to me, and this is the view that I hold, they were never really saved to begin with. <clears throat> because somebody that's born again is literally kept by the power of God. Uh, but a person yeah. that dies in their sins, rejecting Jesus Christ, is going to receive what they have desired from God. They're going to receive that. Uh, they they want to live apart from Christ now. If they die in that condition, they will live apart from Christ for eternity. Okay. And that's what I kind of understand with the Word. And, and when I uh, spoke to them about um, the New Testament, you know, and, and them knowing it at one time, and then they reject that as well and say they're just commentaries, that they only believe in the five books, you know. And I just, I just, I mean, I don't know. I just wanted yeah. to have some clear what you thought on it. And I know what the Word says. I do. 
but at the same time, I just wanted to, um, to ask you as a pastor, what are your thoughts on it? And, and I've, I've come to those result to that result, and it's very heartbreaking for me, but um, it is. I, I would add that was yeah. my, my Bible answer would be in the realm of John chapter three, unless a man is born again, he won't see the kingdom of God. And verse 12 of Acts chapter 4, there is salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Um, and the interesting, ironic thing of a person saying that they were Christians once and now they're going back to their roots and uh, going back to some roots uh, in Judaism is that Judaism, if you practice Judaism properly, it's going to lead you to Messiah. I, it's right. that's the ironic part. So there's a willing, there is a a willing, definitive decision to reject Jesus Christ and practice a form of Judaism. Um, I mean, even even in their practicing of Judaism, they can't practice that. The whole point of the law was the Bible says was to be a schoolmaster to point us to Christ, to reveal to us that we couldn't keep it. Even if they do keep to a five, the first five books of the Bible, Jesus is, Messiah is all over the first five books of the Bible. What What's reflective of a decision like that is that a person has chosen to live apart from a biblical standard, um, because even if they say, well, we, we still believe in the first five books, well, the first five books hint at the Trinity right in the beginning of creation, uh, the types and pictures of Jesus are all throughout them, Include like we're studying Joseph right now, such a great type. Um, I gave to our church or anybody that wants, uh, anybody that asked, I ended up not handing it out, but I mentioned some, but I, I think I had a list of 28, at least a minimum of 28 ways that Joseph is a type of Christ. Um, so it is unfortunate, but it makes it sound so much so spiritual but really, it's just a covering for a wholesale rejection of Christ, because if they practice Judaism properly, it would lead them to the cross. Well, in, in you just stating that, um, my daughter um, is a very good friend with a, an actual uh, Orthodox Jew, and she listens to you. <laughs> she, uh, we said, she'll listen to your teaching and send it to her and say, oh, I just love what Pastor Ed just taught, and 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 so even with you saying that, yes, it is so true that eventually they gotta come to that, you yes. know. Uh, and so. one of the difficulties of practicing Judaism today is that there's no sacrifice. That's the significant. That's right. the significant picture and pointing to Jesus Christ, even greater than uh, than Joseph and, and the reality of their inability to atone for their sins in any way. You know, even I was reading recently, um, the, um, the approach in Israel is today of Orthodox, uh, Jews, but also just secular Jews that go through the motions is just hoping that God will take their good works and really believing that he does, no matter what they do, they could be rotten to the core uh, just living lives for themselves, to themselves. But it, they come to the place in Yom, Yom Kippur and they, they just think, "I please God, take everything, cover my sins so I can live yeah. another year. And there's there th that is in no way sufficient uh, in any way whatsoever. 
uh, to comply with God's requests. So even those Orthodox Jews, or even those that claim to be following a um, uh, claim to be following the Old Testament scriptures, the Torah, uh, the Law and the Prophets, in a way that would honor and please God, they're they're making excuses for their inability to complete it all, even today. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Your time. All right. That info on there. God Bye-bye. bless you. 303-690-3000. We've got some open lines. We're heading over to Amarillo, Texas now. Stephen, welcome to the program. All right. Hey, we Pastor lose... Ed, can you hear there me? There he is. Yeah, you're on the air now. Yes, sir. Hey, Ed, man, I, I just wanted to give you a word of encouragement. I'm, I'm so thankful for what the Lord's done through your ministry. Every day when I come home from work, I get to, I get to listen in. And and you know, I've been really blessed on the days that I've had to work late. I can catch on Wednesday nights. Um, really, I see Jesus shining through what you're teaching and talking about. And it, it really is an encouragement to me. One of the things that it helps is it allows me to leave work at work and go home refreshed mm-hmm. each yes. day. And so I, I just want to let you know what you're doing matters, man. Hey, thank you very much, and I'm, I appreciate the teamwork, you know, with Pastor Jeff in the front end of the week, Pastor Josh at the end of the week, the variety on this show, and um, then the ability to have teaching. I mean, we're just, if you would have told me, you know, 30 years ago that this would be how God wants to use my life, I, I would not have believed it, um, but, but I believe it now, and I'm grateful. Well, thank you, Ed. Keep doing what you're doing, I caught. I caught a sermon from you last night, and you said something really powerful. It was out of your testimony, but you said, you know, when it all starts when people are getting drunk with with one drink, and they choose that. Yes. And that that hit me hard, man. Yeah. Definitely appreciate it, brother. All right. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Yeah, I forgot. I was listening to the podcast of our radio broadcast, Abounding Grace, and I listened yesterday on the way into church. It is the topic of alcohol and shared a little bit of my testimony. And I I shared uh, that I just thought um, we're asking the wrong questions as believers when it comes to alcohol and drugs and such. And it's the, the question is drinking alcohol a sin is usually the way that we uh, address that. And that's not a bad question, but it's an easy answer. The answer is no, it's not a sin. However, um, that that isn't really the question that's going to get us, um, I don't believe, to where we really need to go. And I see uh, somebody's asking for the article here. So I, anybody that wants the article, just um, uh, email me, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org. And I'd love to um, you know, I'd love to send it to you um, because I know that uh, I wrote an article asking the question, not is it a sin to drink alcohol, but is it wise? That's the right question, I think. Is it wise? And then I address how uh, my view uh, over the years has been misinterpreted and misconstrued where I ask those that serve with me, if you want to serve here, I don't. I, I want you to make a commitment. Are you willing to make a commitment not to drink alcohol? 
for the sake of being sober-minded and such. And over the years, people have said, oh, you're so legalistic, and, you know, who are you, pastor, lording over? And and it's just a caricature, uh, it's, you know, what they call in logic a straw man argument, um, because I have very strong biblical reasons for that request. Um, you know, we may even have a dress code, or you have to wear certain clothes. That's not legalistic. There's a good reason for those things. We have office hours. That's not legalistic. There's a good reason for those things. Uh, and it's better just to say, well, I don't agree with that and leave it at that because that's okay too. You have a different viewpoint that's informed biblically and you can make the argument. Then then the best thing to do rather than try to tear a brother down or tear a sister down is just make your argument and agree that you don't agree. And then go do what God's called you to do. And then I'll go do what God's called me to do. And that's that. Um, but it, it's it's amazing how views like this, you know, people want to argue and make, you know, prove their point or whatever. And it's not even, it's okay if you don't agree. It's okay. But the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they're agreed? So if we don't agree on substance, then it's going to be necessary to make a decision of how we progress forward in ministry. Um, but I beg you not to drink. And that's just about it. I don't know any other way to put it. I beg you not to drink. Uh, rarely anything good comes from it. I, I do recognize that many listening in don't have a problem with alcohol, haven't had a problem with alcohol, probably never will have an, a problem with alcohol. And I acknowledge that. Uh, that's not up for debate. Um, that there's self-control and there's not a drunkenness issue and there's not a problem at all. It's just you like the taste. Um, but it could it be one of those areas uh, in your life where you can present yourself in a way that makes you even more usable for the kingdom by saying no to something. Um, so yeah, it's... it's um, and here, the emails are coming in. So send me an email, ed at edtaylor.org if you want to read that article. Uh, and dialogue about it. Maybe you disagree with it or um, you have uh, different points of view. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's okay, but at least you heard my side and and you considered it, which is awesome that we get to grow in grace together like that. So give me a call. We have some open lines. So, um, we're coming up on a break, of course, but uh, give me a call with the open lines, 303 690 is the number, 303-690-3000. Um, I see Matt, you're in Colorado, but since we're, we're right up on the break, I'm not going to take the call. So just stay. Don't don't hang up. I'll take you after the break so we could talk a little bit about um, this. You have a question. It's a good segue uh, about the message on addiction. Uh, you're three years sober. I want to hear you. I want to talk to you, but I don't want time to cut us off. So I'm going to wait to take your call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Uh, just in case you're wondering, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers are in town today um, winning. They haven't even played yet, but I'm pretty confident they're going to win against the Rockies again. Um, but just a shout out, anybody that wants to go to the Dodger game. <laughs> and here's Kevin kicking us while we're down. Well, 
101 losses this year has been a rough year for the Rockies. Uh, but I love baseball and I love Ro- I love the Rockies in the sense that the stadium's wonderful, the people are wonderful. Uh, it's a great place to see a ball game. Uh, Grace FM, we were there uh, uh, for Faith Day. Kevin spent the day there with Faith Day and was able to promote Grace FM. And uh, first time in, in the history of Grace FM that we uh, partnered with them uh, for free. Uh, and and we were able to uh, give away things um, and letting people know we're in in town. Kevin does such a great job with that. Whenever you think of that, pray for Kevin. He travels around the state promoting uh, Grace FM, and he loves doing it, and he's really good at it. He's a great, not only station manager, but also a great uh, communicator for Grace FM. Anyway, you hear the music? We're going to be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. Appreciate you humoring me with Los Angeles Dodgers stuff. I am a longtime fan, grew up in L.A., and... I am, uh, I, it's just the sport. It's our family sport. And maybe you have a family sport, but it's what I played, what my wife and my daughter played softball. My boys played baseball uh, and they were super good. And we love a baseball, even though Marie and I don't quite agree on the team. She is a Rockies fan and I am a Dodgers fan. Let's get back to business here. Um, Can you please pray for me right now? Father, I pray for this person uh, that texted in uh, the heaviness of what led them to send a text message in, needing prayer and wanting prayer. God, you know their needs. You know them personally. Uh, We don't. So we just bring them before you, Lord, asking you to touch them, strengthen them, fill them with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's get back to the phone lines and let's head over. I need to pull my call screen up again. Matt in Colorado. Matt, welcome to the program. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. So my question kind of follows up with um, the last person who called in, which is interesting. Uh, I heard a message from you today. And it was talking about wisdom versus legalism when it comes to addiction issues. And in that message, you brought up um, a family who you had spoke to at church previously, and then they emailed you, and the person was asking for help. Um, In the message, you said the person is now three years sober, and they're doing fantastic. My question is, since it doesn't really go in in that message, what did you do to help them with the sobriety, and what is that person doing over the last three years to stay sober? Yeah, so it's actually been more than that now. Let me look at the, because they left, uh, they moved to Colorado Springs and began attending another sister church there, Rocky Mountain Calvary, uh, and I stayed in touch with them, stayed connected with them, uh, and they there were a few things practically that they did. First of all, I would say, uh, and it has been some time since I communicated with them, so um, that's a great question to ask. Um, I'm going to think out loud of my interactions with them. Uh, and let me just find the letter too, because I have it saved 
uh, in a place where I can always look to it. And of course, I don't see it here. But um, the number one, they stayed married. Uh, and that was that support of the spouse, his spouse, the one that wrote the email. Um, they stayed married. And I just think of, uh, I would think of the um, the passage of scripture that, that I even shared at the wedding uh, recently, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Uh, and they stayed together fighting the good fight together. And, and that to me is an overlooked um, perhaps easily overlooked part of this, but the support of his wife uh, and her commitment to the Lord and her commitment to her marriage, which ultimately extended into a commitment uh, to her husband, was powerful. And I do know he went into a treatment center. Uh, I remember him going away to be in a, a live-in uh, addiction treatment center uh, to help develop new habits and new ways of approaching alcohol, new things that uh, were uh, outside of the addiction, things that he may have drawn in. This is stuff that he didn't really share the details of me, but trauma and you know guilt and shame. And he also became a big part of the uh, local churches. What we we have, we call it most excellent way. He was a part of most excellent way, so that you have this b- group of believers coming together. Uh, strengthening one another in the Lord. And then just before um, just before I um, lost touch with them, uh, they were started serving together in uh, the ministry, uh, in the marriage ministry, uh, which kind of would then continue a person on the pathway of being a believer, right? Acts 2.42. So I think sometimes we give sin... And we give these difficult sins way too much attention or credit for the sake of, you know, as we live our lives as unto the Lord, the divine power, God's power in us, uh, gives us a a sober life. Uh, And he is able to keep us sober. He is able to keep us strong as we live out our lives abiding in Christ. But that's a great question to ask. I mean, we should. I should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I can find an old email uh, and try to get a hold of them. And because I want, I'm gonna ask him that question. Okay, great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, is this something that you're dealing with? No. Uh, okay. A loved one. Okay. Because I would be curious um, of the answer that you would give. For me, I, I don't know that I am the best. Um, example of maintenance necessarily because um, when I was delivered from alcohol, it was instant. Um, I, I, I was saved and I, um, I never took another drink except for 31 years. I have not had another drink of alcohol um, and I didn't have to go to a group. I didn't have to uh, be, a, I didn't need some of the things that people do need or do want or are beneficial um, but I think the key in my life, if I had to highlight it, would be the connection of faith with God and believing God at his word really enabled me to live a, um, a sober life, as even as I'm living now, and understanding my identity in Christ. Because I think in our world, we want to call everyone alcoholics, alcoholics, you're an alcoholic, uh, well, not if Jesus saved you. If Jesus saved you, you're not an alcoholic anymore. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
Uh, and and so in light of that, you know, we want to make sure that we live in our identity uh, and make sure that we're saying the same things about ourselves that God says. Um, but those are some of my thoughts. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, brother. Well, God bless you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, what a bummer. I'm looking at my list here, and I just don't see that email. I had it saved. Yeah, it's so... I don't know what's happening to me. I know I had it saved in this list. And here it is. That's what's happening to me. So I got the email in 2015. So what are we now? Eight years ago? Um, And so at 15, and I was probably teaching today's Bible study... Uh, let's see here. Let me just look real quick. I was in first Kings. So I was teaching today's, you you guys know that when abounding grace is on the radio, it was previous, uh, Bible studies that were taught before. So I taught, um, I taught Kings in 18 ish. So somewhere along those lines. So that's the three years. So you add three years to eight years and, uh, and that email represents actually a few years of ministering with them. Uh, and I need to um, uh, I need to reach out to them. I'm, I'm glad you called. Uh, but the email, for the sake of anyone that did not listen to the radio broadcast today, uh, here's the email. And I do have permission to share this. Uh, I received permission from Tony and Teresa uh, in, in order to share this. Sometimes you wonder if pastors, do you even have permission? Yes. Uh, If I don't have permission, then I give it general without details. Uh, But this one, I have permission. Uh, It says, Hi, Pastor. Thank you for talking with me and my wife in between services two Sundays ago. I've been trying to get sober for years. I'm reaching out for help. You said you were going to pray for me that day, and I appreciate that. And then this is the thing that just just wrecks me. When when, uh, this was 10 o'clock at night uh, in February of 2015, The last line is, my wife is typing this out tonight as I have been drinking. I need help. And that's, we stepped in and uh, back then um, we got him connected with Buck and the people that are in, um, in our most excellent way. And, you know, it's, it's a hard road because it is a battle. Not everybody's delivered from alcohol like I was uh, instantly. Although you can be delivered instantly and walk by faith when you choose. But, you know, there's physiological issues. There's mental issues. There's, there are things that you have to battle. And, but, but God gives you the strength to battle. And, and so for the sake of those that did not listen to the program today, uh, we do have a daily radio broadcast on this station that you're listening to. And I, the topic was alcohol. I wrote an article giving a different perspective on alcohol um, in support of my belief that you shouldn't drink at all. And I know that people always ask the question, is it a sin to drink? And I just suggest that that's the wrong question to ask. Because um, the answer to that is very simple. Yes, I mean, no, it's not a sin to drink. It is to get drunk. Um, but I ask it a different way so that you learn how to walk in wisdom. It's a, be- it's a wisdom question not an action question, because I think I used it on the radio and the teaching, you know, we never ask questions like this. We'll ask a question like this. Number one, is it a sin to drink alcohol? But we never ask questions, is it a sin to rub uh, poison ivy all over my body? 
Well, nobody asks that question because nobody's going to rub poison ivy over their body if they know what it is because they know what it does and they don't want anything to do with it. But when it comes to alcohol, uh, it's different. Nobody ever asks the question, is it a sin to go in my front yard and, and cut grass clippings and smoke them? Well, nobody asks that because that's so dumb. Nobody does that because there's people smoke pot because they want to get high. And then they have to justify it because they know intrinsically that's not God's will for them. And then it becomes an argument. Well, Pastor, you're just being legalistic. You know, it's not between you and me, so don't even worry about me. It's not between you and me. It's between you and the Lord. And if you want to do something that you think you can make an excuse for, then just pay the consequences. But don't expect me as your brother or as your pa- as a pastor to approve of that. Like, what do you, you want me not to speak the truth to you? I'm not, that ain't going to happen. And so I just have to run the risk of everybody being upset with me uh, because I'm going to tell you the truth or at least give you a point of view that I can substantiate biblically um, that will help you make wise decisions so you can please God. Um, so if you want that article, email me, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org, and I'd love to um, send it to you. It's from my, I put it on my blog, edtaylor.org. Um, and I would love to send it to you. 303-690-3000. I got a text question here all the way from downtown Virginia. Uh, can you speak on what it means to have peace, quote unquote, in decision making? Is that a good way to determine the will of God? Well, that's a really good question coming from a really good man uh, that is married to a really good young woman that has wonderful children that the children, they just want to be heard. Uh, and so I'm, I think this is a great question uh, from somebody I know. That's why I'm saying all that. I know who texted it in, and I wanted to speak to it because it's a great question, really. Um, we do have a segment of the of believers today that believe that peace is the, only, is the only thing you need in making a decision. And the idea is, you know, I don't really have any trouble with that. I don't really, I think God's given me a peace and I'm just going to make decision based on that peace. And I believe it's not solely the one criteria uh, in making a decision. It's not solely a uh, one, you don't make your decisions just based on peace. Because I mean, I've, I've stood and looked a woman in the eye making horrific decisions that were not the heart of God, that in some cases were very sinful, and they go, I just have a peace about it. And I'm like, that peace can't possibly come from God. God would not give you a peace to sin, or God would not give you a peace uh, to hurt, or God, that is not from God. But it is convenient for some to use that to sidestep um, the clear teachings of Scripture. So how do we make decisions? Number one, we have to ask the question, is it biblical? Is there anything in the Bible that prohibits what you're about to do? Uh, And if there is, then you can't do it. Like, like for example, uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to steal a car today. Well, no, no, you can't do that. No, God's given me a peace. He can't give you a peace to do that. That, That's not possible. You you can't use that. The Bible prohibits stealing very clearly. Uh, And... Number one, is it biblical? Number two, 
do you see doors opening or closing? Like, is God making a way uh, that, like, like for example, um, uh, there's a new job coming up, and it's not a, unbiblical to take that job. But then the next question is, well, do you have an interview? Did they offer it to you? Did they give you a second interview? Because if you don't have any of that, then it's probably not the will of God. Like, so God's going to open doors and close doors. And then the peace, um, I, I believe it's in Colossians. Uh, there's a great passage of scripture in Colossians where the word there in Colossians and how to, this, uh, in what he was saying here, I want to say it's in chapter three. I got to find it here. Um, let's see here, not legalism. There's a little list there that helps to um, guide um, decision-making. So it starts in verse 14, above all things put on love. So you're making decisions. You want to walk in the agape love. And then he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The idea of rule there, that Greek word, has the picture that we would use today as an umpire. So Peace is one ingredient where there's no troubling in your spirit. Like you're just like, okay, I think this is okay. It's it's not unbiblical. The doors are opening. Well, then it kind of leaves you to a step of faith. Go ahead and go for it. Uh, it's not sinful. It's uh, God seems to be making a way. The only way you're going to find out is if you take a and you have a peace. It's you're not disrupting your peace. But but at the same time, the the idea of if I'm not quite sure and I'm troubled and. What I like to say, the Holy Spirit alarm, well, then I don't move forward. Uh, I don't want to move forward. Uh, and he also says in this section here to be thankful. So in making these decisions, you have to be able to be thankful from the Lord for this situation as well. And I already mentioned this in verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, the Making decisions, uh, you have to let the word of Christ uh, dwell in you richly um, You because you... You definitely want to be able to say that um, the Lord is in this um, and that he is leading you in this area. Um, and, and so that is an opportunity uh, to, to grow in grace as well. Um, there are also some criteria. And by the way, um, we have open lines right now. So give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. I want to find. Uh, I know I've did a Bible study on this, um, where we talk. I talked about gray areas, and I, I just want. I came up with a list. I don't think I made the list, um, but I did come up here. Here's a list. Uh, if you want it, um, eight things that will help you make decisions in the practical realm. Because we talk about the spiritual realm. Uh, in that topic of peace. But what are eight things in the spiritual realm? I'll go through them really, really quickly here for the sake of, let me just see my call screen. Uh, We do have a couple people waiting. So let me go through them quickly. Uh, Number one, will it help me honor God? Number two, will it sanctify me and set, will make me more usable for God? Number three, will it prepare me for every good work? Number four, does it build me up spiritually? Number five, can it bring me under its power? Number six, does it give me an uneasy conscience? And that would speak to the peace part of what you shared. Number seven, could it cause someone else to stumble? And then number eight, how will this make me more fruitful 
uh, and my mission that God has given me in life. Uh, and I use that and share that list as well on the different gray areas of life. So thanks for your question. Text them in anytime you want. Bless you guys out in Fredericksburg. Uh, the Lord encourage and strengthen you. Coming back to Colorado now, David, welcome to the program. David, Hello. you're on the air. Hello, how you doing? Great. Well, I want to just thank you uh, for sharing the things that you shared. Uh, the way that God turns you around immediately, that's the exact same way he did with me on February 9th, 1976. He took me out of my crazy zone, and it's amazing. And I was the, que- the main question is, the main amazing, miraculous thing that God can do to change us is what? Salvation. Well, salvation is definitely a big part of it. But here's the other cool thing. I was already saved when I was seven, walked straight with our Lord for four years. Then these ninth graders treated me bad the first day in the junior high Sunday school. And for the next six and a half years, I was a prodigal and got addicted to drugs, alcohol, because the enemy didn't want me to, he didn't want me to grow in my walk with God. He wanted me just off track. And God tried to get my attention several times. Uh, I stopped doing junk for one week, did it again my junior year for two weeks, but then he did a miraculous intervention with the power of his Holy Spirit and his Word when I was halfway through my freshman school at UNC in Greeley. And I'm so thankful that he wants to touch us. Even when we're saved, the enemy doesn't want us to grow, but God does. And am I missing something? Did you have an answer? Like, what was the one thing? is absolutely, but it's the, the salvation you're talking about is God wants our soul to be strengthened by the filling of the Spirit. So we're already saved by the, obviously, when we're born again and saved, our, our soul is saved from the penalty of sin. But as we're moving on along in our walk with God, He wants our soul to be saved from the power of sin. And that's the biggest thing He taught me. Well, and I would just say this. I think you get that all in salvation. I don't think that's a progressive, um, like you don't get power over sin the moment you're saved. I, I do believe that. But what I think, the way I would describe what you're, what you're saying here is that there is a process of sanctification. So in the appropriation or in the use or learning how to walk in that power, gaining wisdom from God, um, ap- appropriating the scriptures and the wisdom from the Lord, you know, the a lot of the addictions and difficulties you experienced as a believer in your prodigal living were the consequences of your bad decisions. And what would be necessary at that point is repentance. Uh, The reality of getting back to basics, back to what Jesus would say to the church in Ephesus, return to your first love uh, and walk. You know, I just taught this in, in, um, uh, in New Jersey. I've been teaching it with the release of the book, uh, free from your past, I just taught this where, you know, when you look at the prodigal son, um, as you described your living and as many people have had a prodigal season in their life, the the way home or, or the way out is the way home. Um, he needed to go home. That was the key. He needed to go home the way he was, the moment he realized it, he needed to you know, he processed it all, right? Kind of even almost talked him out of it. You know, I, I'd be a servant. I won't even be a son anymore, but but I still got to go home because even being a servant with my dad is better than being a prodigal uh, in this world. And, and the moment he decided to go home was the moment of victory. 
He was walking in victory all the way home. He was walking in victory uh, when his dad saw him afar off. He was walking in the victory. He was he was living a prodigal life, dismissing the victory and the power that God has given given him. And so I, um, in the description you give, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't use that description because I think uh, anyone that sins as a believer is sinning against the sufficiency of Christ that is already there, um, and what we are what we live in as believers, we've been, we've been given the power over sin um, immediately. Uh, what we lack or what is lacking is the follow through. You know, faith without works is dead. But thanks for calling, my brother. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's stay in Colorado, Loveland now. Justin, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Pastor Ed? It's uh, going well. So I got a... Uh, prayer request uh, for a powerful prayer from you and from the Grace FM family. Um, I got a buddy who's going through some, sounds like some pretty heavy spiritual warfare right now, like demonic spirit, or I don't even know. So um, just prayer for the Holy Spirit just to um, indwell his home to, uh, they don't necessarily know the Lord, um, but just to indwell them just to, uh, just have this uh, just powerful uh, prayer prayed over them for uh, security and for safety and for power from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus, just to indwell that house, indwell their family, um, and just uh, just to do it right now, just to um, make this happen right now. Um, so I got that prayer request, and then just uh, prayers for uh, my wife to come know the Lord. Father, I pray right now for the work of your Holy Spirit in this in this very dynamic, difficult situation. Um, You hear my brother's heart as he's describing it. You've heard this prayer, whom knows how many times, God. And we are like and desire to be like the persistent widow who knocks and knocks and knocks. God, we desire to live out, Jesus, what you taught us, to keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. And, And so we pray for these needs we lift them up to you, this precious family. There's a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges, a lot of demonic activity, a lot of warfare, a lot of attacks. But God, we also don't want to lose sight of the people. These are people that are under the weight of challenges and difficulties. And so I just pray that you would give deliverance and salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, stay in touch. I want to hear how God works. Okay, right on. Thank you, sir. And then just uh, prayers for my wife as well. Yeah, just to know the Lord. What's her name? Uh, Amanda. God, we pray for Amanda. Um, There's a few, just like the woman last night praying for her husband. There's spouses, God, that are set apart by the presence of you, Jesus, in their home, but they're yet to know you, yet to repent of their sins and come to know you. And so I pray for Amanda and for this marriage, Lord, that it would, we would just be able to celebrate. Like my brother would call and you say, Ed, you won't believe what happened. That's our desire, God, to see new life, born again, that the best of the best in this woman would be drawn out and you would then pour out yourself into her and we would just have a testimony of your glorious work in her life and in this marriage, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. 
we're coming up on the end of the program here. I'm sorry, Lynn, I'm not going to be able to get to you, but I will read what you shared. Uh, you mentioned that it's very important to get away from your old drinking buddies and get active in church. Yes, 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 I agree. And that that is the the key is to forsake sin, not make excuses of how close to be with it. Uh, and in this, it's key in developing new habits to stay away from temptation. Uh, so thank you, Lynn. Uh, call back next week or maybe tomorrow with Pastor Josh and share that in its entirety so we can hear from your perspective. But we're kind of coming up on the end of the show today. Support Christian Radio. Go to the website of the station you're listening to right now. Uh, I'll just say them quickly. GraceFM.com, RadioByGrace.com, HopeFM.net, TruthFM.net, HigherRockRadio.org, KSGR.org. Whatever you're listening to this program, give financially for the ongoing support of this station. Refresh is next week. Pray for us. Sign up. Come to it. We also have a Calvary Chapel radio conference that we're hosting next week for all the radio tech people behind the scenes that we're going to be hosting. So we want to serve them well and be encouraged. So just pray for us. It's a big week here at Calvary. Lots of warfare, man. Lots of challenges. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) time does not permit to describe everything that's going on. But we are, um, I can't can't say with the confidence that Paul did, but I want to be there. None of these things move me, and I am resolute. I want to serve the Lord. I want to commit to him even deeper. Whatever level of commitment I have today, I want more tomorrow. And again, it's not legalistic. It's my heart for the Lord. I just want to give him more. I want to serve him more. I want to be used more. You want that article on alcohol, email me or go to my website, edtaylor.org, and just put alcohol in the search bar. Love you guys. The Lord bless and encourage you. Pray for us. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.